to the Fantasy Shed On Air podcast. Everything you need to win your league. And now, your host, Rich Piazza. What's up, everyone? It's Rich Piazza, publisher of FantasyShed.com, and this is episode number four of the Fantasy Shed On Air podcast. In this show, I'm going to be discussing rookie fantasy impact for our incoming draft class. Focusing today on the quarterbacks, maybe the tight ends, depending on how we look at time, and whether or not you should draft these guys and where. These are not rankings I'm talking about today, but if you are looking for rankings, you can always find my frequently updated ones at FantasyShed.com or on Fantasy Pros. For the purpose of this episode, I'm talking primarily about redraft leagues, but of course I will include Dynasty as well. Let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it. And we have to start, obviously, with the number one overall pick, which was a quarterback to the Arizona Cardinals. If you watched college football last year, or even highlights of college football last year, you know what Kyler Murray is and what he did. He was fantastic. No other word can probably describe what he did last year. Beyond amazing. He graded out in the top of almost every category last year as well. Let me read you some statistics. 4,300 passing yards to only seven interceptions. 69% completion percentage. That's just passing. Over 1,000 yards rushing and another 12 touchdowns. I'll do the math for you. 5,300 yards, 54 touchdowns. 54 touchdowns. That's more than all but three NFL teams had combined in the total touchdowns last season. So where do we draft Kyler Murray? Look at it this way. You draft him the same way that we drafted Patrick Mahomes last year. I'm not saying he's going to be the number one overall fantasy quarterback. I'm not saying he's going to put up numbers even close to what Patrick Mahomes did. But nobody drafted Mahomes last year with the expectation that he was going to be the number one fantasy quarterback or even come close to that. We drafted him as a quarterback too. We drafted him along with Drew Brees meaning you would draft Drew Brees and then maybe get Mahomes late. So we would draft Patrick Mahomes in addition to the quarterback that we felt would be our starting quarterback. And then by week three or four, now we have a very good problem on our hands where you're faced with, is Mahomes going to sustain what he's doing for the rest of the year? Should I sell high? Or should I trade Drew Brees or fill in the blank of whatever quarterback you had. So that could be a similar situation that we have with Kyler Murray. QB2 with QB1 upside, strictly based on his running ability. Folks, his rushing ability and what he can do on the ground is going to give you one of the best floors for any fantasy quarterback. He's going to give you that constant production. And right now, I really like where he's being drafted with the early average draft position results. Very early ADP. Being drafted as about the 19th quarterback selected and in the 11th round. That's fair. That will probably rise both the round and overall as far as quarterbacks go as we get closer to the season and we have more experienced fantasy football players doing their drafts, doing their mock drafts. Fantasy players are still heavily involved in baseball, and let's face it, it is still way too early. 
I think, to even do a mock draft right now. But right now, for those that are the 19th quarterback selected in the 11th round, that's fair. That's where it should be. Now, of course, even where the ADP sits at the time of your draft, people get rookie crazy. And it's going to happen a lot more probably with the running backs and the wide receivers. But the quarterback as well with Kyler Murray, especially because of what happened last season with Patrick Mahomes. I know he wasn't a rookie last year, but still. So there's going to be that person in your league who's probably going to reach, who's going to look at Murray and be confident enough that he's going to be a QB1 and draft him as such. So unless you're in a league with experienced fantasy players that know the real value of players, that know when to draft quarterbacks, chances are you won't get him in the 11th round because of that guy in the league. But here's something also that I don't want to say worries me with Kyler Murray, but something that I have to factor in. Outside of Larry Fitzgerald, he has a lot of young receivers. How will they handle the improvision when Murray leaves the pocket? Fitz will be just fine. But then you have second-year man and Christian Kirk and rookies Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler, and Keyshawn Johnson. How are those guys going to handle the improvision of Kyler Murray when he takes off at the first sign of pressure, which he often did last year? He's not all about improvising. He could stand in the pocket, and he did show some good patience as well. And when pressured, he was able to complete those passes. But how are these young guys going to adjust on their routes when Murray does leave the pocket? It's going to happen, and it's going to happen frequently as a rookie. Of course, as the season goes on, that's going to improve. They'll have more chemistry. But don't expect them to have all that heading into week one. It will take time. So I'm more interested in Murray for what he can do on the ground, even though he is a fantastic passer. So Murray is somebody that I have no problem targeting, no problem drafting as my quarterback too, with the potential upside I can get a QB1 out of it. Kyler Murray is probably the only rookie quarterback that I'm willing to draft, including Dwayne Haskins, who was the 15th overall pick to the Redskins. As of now, we don't know his role. We don't know if he's starting week one or when he will be starting. He will be starting sometime this year. It very well could be week one. It should be week one because his only competition is really Case Keenum. And don't tell me Colt McCoy is up for that job. He's not, or at least he shouldn't be. Although it's the Washington Redskins and we just don't know. Dwayne Haskins is the best quarterback on that roster right now. You invest a first round pick. Yes, he fell to you. He fell in your laps, so more power to them for not having to trade up to get their guy. So he should start week one. But if he doesn't, he will be a waiver wire ad or a bye week fill-in when he does become the starter. Now, of course, Dynasty, you want to use a mid-round pick on him, without a doubt. My problem with Haskins has more to do with what's around him than him. He doesn't have many weapons. He has a familiar body to throw to in Terry uh, McLaurin, but we don't know what role McLaurin's going to play either to start the year. So even with the young receivers 
in addition to Larry Fitzgerald that Kyler Murray has, Haskins really has nothing. And that's why he can't be trusted. And that's why he shouldn't be drafted. You shouldn't draft him, even if we know for a fact that he's starting week one. And we'll know that based on how the preseason goes. So even if we know for a fact that he's starting week one, he's not somebody I'm drafting even as a QB2 to start the year. Leave him on the wire and let's see. And that could be said for anybody else on this list. Drew Locke, who I happen to like a lot, and I had him going to Denver. I had him going to Denver in the first round, but they went up and got him in the second. Is a three and a half year starter, and he's improved every year. And you might go and look at his stats, and you might say, well, he went from 44 touchdowns in 2017 to 28 touchdowns in 2018. So how does he improve? His completion percentage improved by 5%, and it has improved every year that he was a starter. And I like the fact that he started three and a half years in college. That's more than what we're basing our evaluation on Haskins and Murray on, one-year starters. So Drew Locke is in a very good spot. I love where he landed. Who's in front of him? Joe Flacco? Joe Flacco doesn't have anything guaranteed on his contract. Denver acquired him for peanuts. They can release him at any point and not owe him anything. I'm not saying they're going to release him now. And he'll probably be the starter week one. But Drew Locke will find himself as a starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos in 2019. We know the history, though, of the Denver Broncos and quarterbacks. I don't think they handled Paxton Lynch very well. I think they completely destroyed any confidence that young man had. And I think that is what killed Paxton Lynch. So maybe the Denver Broncos will learn from that. If Flacco falters, if Flacco's not getting the job, they need to put Drew Locke in whether or not they feel he's ready. And he's ready. He can handle the NFL. And let's not forget the injury history of Joe Flacco. There's a very good chance that they could plan on Joe Flacco being the quarterback the entire year, and then a week one he goes down. That's a very good possibility. If it comes to a situation, hypothetically, where we know that Drew Locke and Dwayne Haskins are going to be starting at the same time, I'm putting Drew Locke ahead of Haskins. And I'm not saying that Locke is a better quarterback than Haskins, although I did rank Locke a little bit higher in my rankings heading into the draft. I like the weapons around Locke better. I like the system around Locke better. And therefore, he should be the second rookie quarterback off the board if all things are equal. That brings us to the highly controversial pick of the New York Giants in Daniel Jones. And I'm not going to get into the whole draft scenario with him and what the Giants should have done and, and whatnot. That's already have been beaten to the point numerous times in numerous places. But Daniel Jones should get some opportunities late in the season. It's very hard to predict right now because of what Dave Gettleman, the Giants general manager, says and how that organization is currently being run. Is he a dynasty stash? Absolutely. I think he could be a good NFL quarterback. I do see some things I like in him. 
And the more I watch of him, the more I realize I really like his versatility. I really like how he moves around. So while a lot of people compare him to the man he's going to replace in Eli Manning, there are some sim- there are some similarities as far as passing wise, but Daniel Jones is much more versatile than Eli Manning. He can move around and Eli cannot. He was drafted sixth overall. It's never been done where a top ten quarterback pick did not play his rookie year. I may be wrong, but I believe it's at least ten games, if I'm not mistaken. So if the Giants really plan on Eli Manning being the quarterback for the entire 2019 season and not play Daniel Jones at all, it would be a big-time failure and a big-time mishandling with the sixth overall pick. Dave Gettleman suggested they follow the Green Bay Packers plan. Three years? Giants fans are not going to take that. That would be an embarrassment if you draft somebody with the sixth overall pick and he doesn't play for three years. I, th- I don't think that's even part of the equation. I think that's just general manager speak. I don't even think the guy knows what he's saying half the time. And I think Daniel Jones will get some opportunities late in the season. I don't think the Giants are going to be competing for a playoff spot. I could be wrong. But let's remember, they replaced Kurt Warner with Eli Manning when they had a winning record. So my problem with Daniel Jones was never the player. It was where the player was drafted and who was still available in the draft at that time. Maybe myself and everyone else who is criticizing this pick or has been criticizing this pick, maybe we'll all look like idiots in the future. But for right now, it remains to be seen. Next up, I have Ryan Finley of Cincinnati Bengals. And I have no problem if you want to take a flyer on him in Dynasty. There is a new regime in Cincinnati. There's no guarantees left on Andy Dalton's contract. I could see this year getting away from them a little bit. So why not Ryan Finley stepping in there? You have a new head coach who was a quarterback coach. He got his quarterback that he wanted. Andy Dalton is not the quarterback he chose. Maybe they didn't choose Ryan Finley to be the next franchise quarterback. But again, a three-year starter who also improved every year. Great size, 6'4", 213 pounds. But you may want to add another 10 to 15 pounds of muscle. That's pretty much where his downfall is right now. I don't think Cincinnati is going to be very good this year. Just my opinion. And if that's the case, I could definitely see Ryan Finley getting some time. He's not going to wow you. He'll be solid. He'll have his bumps, no doubt about that. But again, if you want to take a flyer on Ryan Finley in rookie drafts and dynasty, why not? He very well could be the future of the Cincinnati Bengals. And it could start at some point in 2019. Jared Stidham of New England. Well, it's New England. So anytime New England drafts a quarterback, you know what's on their mind. Or at least you know what's on our mind. And that is, here's the guy who's going to finally replace Tom Brady when he retires. But unlike some of the others that I just mentioned, Stidham has actually 
declined over his last three seasons. And that's concerning. And that's why he slid in the draft the way he did. We are talking about New England, though. We are talking about Bill Belichick. We're talking about Tom Brady. We know what they could do. Josh McDaniels. We know what they could do. If Tom Brady plays as long as he says he wants to play for, which is, I believe, another three years, and you keep Jared Stidham as Brady's backup, and that's your plan, he's your successor, then it's great. And I have no problem, and I think he'll be fine. If he has to play this year, that's a problem. Someone that might have to play this year is Will Greer in Carolina. I actually think they got good value with him in the third round. In one of my mock drafts, I had him going to New England with the last pick in the first. I thought he would have been the perfect choice to succeed Brady. But that didn't happen. But something is to be said about using a third-round pick on a quarterback when you currently have a 29-year-old franchise quarterback in place. Is it Cam's injury? Is it more serious than they're letting us to believe it is? What is it? They felt maybe that he's just a better choice to be a backup quarterback than what was available, a free agent they could have signed. That could be true. But something just isn't right. If Greer has to play week one because of Newton's injury, I'm okay with that. I might actually like him better than Haskins if that's the case. Because I like what he has around him. He's got playmakers around him on the outside and behind him at running back. If he has to play at some point during the year because Newton re-injures the shoulder or we know he can suffer other injuries, I'm okay picking him up as a bye week fill-in as well. But something still doesn't make sense to me about all this. One thing not being brought up often is Cam Newton's contract. He has two years left on his current contract. They can get out of it after this season with only $2 million in dead cap. Or they'll pay him $21 million in that second year. Are they looking long-term? Are they looking at Will Greer as possibly the next starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers? It's interesting to think about that way. Newton has taken a beating over his career. And now with a shoulder injury, that could be hard to come back from and be the quarterback that you used to be with that big arm. Something to definitely keep an eye on. If you're in a deep dynasty, you have the roster space, why not? You could potentially have a starting quarterback as early as next year, if that's the direction that Carolina goes. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. I'm not going to get into tight ends. We're at the 25-minute mark or just about... Uh, thank you for listening to Fantasy Shed on Air. You can now find this show on all major podcasting outlets, including iTunes, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Spotify, and more. Uh, wherever you go, though, please hit that subscribe or like button, favorite button, whatever's there uh, that they have. Please do so. And if you're on iTunes, a rating would definitely be appreciated, preferably a really good one, obviously. Uh, Be sure to tune in for future shows when we look at the fancy impact of the other skill positions, the running backs, wide receivers, and I'll get to tight ends as well. And then we get into the all-important draft prep and content 
that you'll need to win your league. We got it on Fantasy Shed on air. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks for listening to Fantasy Shed on air. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FantasyShed underscore com for information on upcoming episodes as we help guide you to a fantasy football championship.